I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. is Monday, August 24, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Pretty cut and dry. We had a weekend video. We talked about the bull case. The trend is your friend until it's not. Is there any surprise that the market continued higher? We're in the summer doldrums. It will be like this in terms of the summer doldrums through Labor Day or potentially beyond. Not that it has to be, but using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, that's just going to be the way it is. We have a couple of other things that are of note. They're actually important, so we should discuss them. The first order of business on the other stuff is the tail candle from today that runs down just about to the gap left open from Friday. There's a three cent delta, meaning this particular tail low comes in at 399.45. The gap is at 399.48. We're not going to split hairs over three pennies. However, it's obviously to the gap. It's a quote-unquote shenanigan type of situation or shenanigan print. We've seen these before. The market intraday really wasn't down in that neighborhood. Here's a snapshot of the hourly chart, and you can see the gap is all the way down here, 339 and change. We came down to make a low this afternoon. 341.14 was the low, and then they turn around and went in the other direction. Is there any surprise they went up at the end of the day? Raise your hand if you were surprised they went up at the end of the day. Here's a snapshot from Inside the Numbers, the 1135 post, a picture is worth 100 words. I know it's a thousand. I like to call it a hundred. I make up my own rules. In the picture of the chart, it says hourly chart is just doing the consolidation thing back and forth, aka also known as chop shop, eating time off the clock until it's not. So what we had there and what the picture is, is another bull flaggish type of pattern. We know about those. We also know that those typically will resume in the upward direction. They will have a continuation move up north. What does a fake out look like? We're down here under the image. They run down to fill the gap at 339.48, a la the fake shenanigan candle down there. And we're back after lunchtime. Now back to the chart. Here's the thing forward in time into the end of the day and you can see what happened. This goes toward time is more important than price, something that's taught and reviewed in detail in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. How do we use time to our advantage and to know when to adjust our expectations on when a market may move or not? Those are good lessons. They're valuable lessons. They're profitable lessons. While we're on Inside the Numbers, we might as well run through the rest of the notes. What you can do is pause the video and you can check the notes, the commentary, go back to the charts and see what happened after the fact. We had a very, very important resistant number up on the board today. It was 242. It was resistance up until the point in which they finally busted through. As traders, if you know where the resistance areas are and you know where the support areas are, you can certainly use those intraday to your advantage in both directions. This one was pretty straightforward and we talk about this all the time. If the market's having a difficult time trading through an area, what do they do? 
They gap above or they gap below the same area. We talk about it all the time. We see it happen all the time. Guess what? It happened again Sunday leading into Monday. The futures got over and stayed over the big fat round number of 3,400. Here's a chart of the ES contract, the futures. They didn't gap over 3,400, but they made quick work of 3,400. And you can see, never look back. This is the opening on Sunday evening. So they opened right underneath the opening print happened to be 3398.75. They went sideways for a little while and then took off to the upside, setting the stage for a market that was poised to gap open Monday morning. Gets everybody excited. And as a result, the melt up slash gap up takes away some of the stock on the move opportunity since stocks tend to either float higher trade a little bit higher, not a lot of stocks, we're trading into an area of support. So the scanner early in the morning was shooting blanks. Here's the rest of the early morning pre-market commentary. We did put a trade or two on the board. One of them hit their number. It was Novavax, but it was definitely a rodeo slash higher risk type of opportunity. Here's stocks on the move, just so you can see it. Here's Novavax on a one minute chart. Gave you a little bit at the first number, gave you almost back to 130, making a high in this candle, 129.59. You'll see in the notes, I punched out, took a couple of hundred dollar profit, was happy to move on. Small position, higher risk, and then here's a 60 minute chart. You can see here was a gap. So the second number was a gap. That's not uncommon. However, it is uncommon, but not necessarily for a rodeo stock, but it is uncommon for a stock to blow through a gap like that and go severely below the gap and never really look back. That's why it was listed as a higher risk. It's a rodeo stock. Traders who entered any trade in Novavax should understand, know that, understand the risk, and know that you could lose. Let's get back to the commentary, scroll up a little bit, and see what's what. When they're gapping up, we need to let them go. These are the early thoughts. They're in no man's land. Making new highs, you don't know where resistance is. Some traders, some analysts think they know where resistance is. They use things like extensions. They're Fibonacci extensions. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. You know when they work? About half the time. That's about as good as a coin toss. That's not good enough for here. So when we're at new highs, if you'll notice, I'm really never saying where resistance is at a new high. Round numbers, sure, that's okay. But I'm not telling you that the market can't go higher because guess what? It can. Moving right along. Something of note was the IWM. It was weak out of the chute. But if you remember from last week, the IWM was into a former breakout area. And think about this for a minute. So we're talking now about the IWM, which doesn't happen that often in here, but it was appropriate. So we have continuing education, which are these videos at night. You have inside the numbers, which is really where the rubber meets the road from an intraday perspective. And you have the lazy e-mini trader course, which is the foundation of the markets, which you need to understand what the heck I'm talking about, either in the continuing ed videos or inside the numbers. Even though you might think you do, until you take the course, you really don't. We'll get back to the IWM later. So moving right along, again, I urge you to pause the video, read the notes, read the commentary, go back to the charts, see what happened. If you're active at all during the trading day, then it behooves you, there's a new word, it behooves you to give it its due. Now this one in the IWM, you see this image here, 
This is not one of those shenanigan tail lows. This actually happened. So guess what? That's bullish on its face. Moving right along. Now by 10.50, we've got the IWM and the transports and the financials leading to the upside. Again, that's bullish, not bearish. And remember before we were talking about the 342 area. When the market's above it, it's support. Once it gets below it, it's now resistance. We know the routine right of the vertical today's activity. And you can see the horizontal is 342 even. So until it was broken late in the day, it was resistance. It was preventing the market from going higher. Now, if you know that, and I'm not saying into the end of the day, but if you know that all day, you can take advantage of that. You can A, either trade up to 342, you can trade the market away from 342 if you're interested in trading both sides of the tape. Once they get above 342, it then again becomes support. Real quick, just back to the hourly chart for a moment, keep in mind that this was the theme because this was what was found on the hourly chart. So therefore, until and unless this disappears, this is what's going on. Why is that? Because the larger time frame is always the dominant time frame. For example, in this case, the trend is dominant to what's going on intraday or even on the daily chart, for example. So intraday, certainly an hourly chart, is dominant to what's going on on a 5, 10, or 15 minute chart. may look like a 5 minute chart is getting whacked to the downside and really all they're doing is running a test of a number and on the hourly chart it hardly looks like anything but a bleep away from the bullish flaggish thing that was developing all day long. That in and of itself should be helpful. At least if you weren't aware of that before I said it. Moving right along. Now, once the market fails, if the market fails at 342, then we know where the next spots are. We had a spot at 341.5. That worked a number of times. We had low of day, 341. And if breached that, then we would go down toward the big fat round number of 340. That didn't happen. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen Wednesday. They could go higher tomorrow or Wednesday. Each day, we wake up. You take what the market's given you and you make the assessment from there and see where the opportunity lies. You don't hope there's an opportunity by taking a position the night before, guessing the market's going to gap up or gap down, and then finding out you were wrong when you wake up in the morning. That's no way to run a railroad. It's one thing if you have good reason for the position, but if it's a guess and you can be honest with yourself that it was a guess, that's no way to run the railroad. Moving right along. We already saw that. The picture's worth a hundred words. Things were quiet. I saw an opportunity presenting itself. If it did develop, Vertex Pharmaceutical, 262.80. Close, but no cigar. They did get a nice rally away from that general area. Just didn't get to my number. I'm only willing to trade the numbers that I come up with, not necessarily someone else's number. Doesn't mean I'm going to be right all the time, but I'm only taking the trade at my number. I have confidence in my numbers. Example, here's a five-minute chart. So you don't know that this thing's not consolidating, going to make another push lower out of a bearish, flaggish type of thing going on in this five-minute chart. We don't know that. I had a number down here, didn't hit the number. I just leave it alone. I move on. If I had a nickel for every trade I missed, I'd have a lot of nickels. So moving right along. Now we had that shenanigan print, so somebody else brought that to my attention. One of you guys brought that to my attention, so I passed it on to everybody else. I would have eventually seen it, but I didn't see it at the time. 
It's an awareness. You never know. The market could have went down there in the afternoon. They made it look like they were going down there in the afternoon. That's the fake out operation going on. That's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. We'll get back to that in a second. Moving along. There's your 242. It's really 342. I kept making typos on that. When that happens, you get the point. You know it's 342. And you applies to Inside the Numbers members. I appreciate the folks that correct me. And when I catch them or I'm told, I do correct them. But we all know it was 342. Moving right along. Now, here about 1 o'clock, what we're saying is, it's like a refresher. Go back to the 1135 post. That's the one where we showed the bullish flaggish thing. They were just going back and forth. Chop shop formation inside the range. Until and unless either side, north or south, of the range is broken, it's just a range and a chop shop formation. So what that tells you is, if you see them break out to the upside, what are they doing? They're finishing up the bull flaggish kind of formation and they're making the secondary move higher. That's the duck when it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Guess what? It's a duck moving right along. In the afternoon, the the range narrowed 242 to 241, 342 to 341 and a half. Can't believe I did that all day. Adios mio. Moving right along. Now, as we get closer to the day finishing out, we know anything goes into the end of the day. So here it is. When this was written, they were at the low end of the range. They can easily rip the market back up toward the high end of the range. And conversely, they can run down to the fat number of 340. They can do both. They were in the middle. What's important is the close. How are they closing them? Are they going to close near the lows of the day or are they going to close near the highs of the day? Gives us at least some kind of indication slash feeler for tomorrow. Moving right along. Now by 3.30, like we said a little while ago, they can rip them back up toward the top end of the range. Into the end of the day, anything goes. Anything bearish on this chart? Finished out at the highs of the day. The trend is up. The awareness is they're having a melt-up. It's a melt-up operation, a.k.a. you're in the midst, likely, of a blow-off kind of top situation. How high? We don't know. Maybe 345, maybe up to 350. We don't know. But what we do know is, when this is finished, if it begins to accelerate, meaning this week, so if we see the market creeping up and then start to accelerate and they go higher and higher and higher, faster and faster and faster... During the week, and by the way, we're getting some Fed commentary. There's a Jackson Hole annual meeting. I think it's virtual now, but nevertheless, there's a annual summer Jackson Hole central bank meeting. Central bankers from around the world. Now, we can get some news coming out of there. We're still pre-Labor Day. We have Jackson Hole. We have central bankers that really aren't going to want to shake the tree, meaning upset the apple cart too much, are they? Despite what some conspiracy theories may say, central bankers don't want the market to collapse. They want the market to hold up. That's how they keep their jobs. I just made that up. But the point is, they don't want to be on watch when the market collapses because everybody thinks that they've already rescued the market. If everybody finds out they haven't rescued the market, What happens? Confidence begins to wane in the Fed. They don't want that. So we have Jackson Hole. Our job is to do one thing when the market's melting up. A, if you can, ride the wave. You ride the trend. 
Maybe your long stocks in your 401k, your IRA, long-term investments, whatever they are. Maybe you're in Apple. Maybe you're in stuff that's been going up every single day. You ride it for as long as you can. So I guess there's really two things. That was thing number one. Thing number two is we still have to be on the lookout for a sign and a signal of a trend change, which they will give us at some point in time from a price and time of their choosing. Once they do, it will be once again like it has been in the past, like shoving 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag. Case in point, not that Apple's ready to come down yet, but they're splitting the stock. Whenever that split takes place, maybe this week, maybe next week, I'm not sure, then things will begin to get back to normal. But right now, Apple is on its own melt up. When the melt-up is over and Apple begins to come back down to planet Earth, it's going to be 450. If 450 is not good enough, it's going to be four and a quarter. It'll be whatever the post-split adjusted number is. It's not going to continue like this forever. Now, not to say that after it comes back down to 450, four and a quarter, whatever it comes down to, it resets the tape again. It recocks the gun. They can go higher after that. But this is the way the market works. Look at this. Here was 400 on the high, 399.82, and the market went down or Apple went down to a low of 356 and change. Reset the tape, recock the gun, now we're higher. That's the way the market works. That's the way every stock in the market works. You just don't always know, especially from new highs, you don't know from what number they're going to begin coming down. Let's say Apple gets up to 550, 575 by Friday. I'm making that up. We have no idea. But let's say in this hypothetical example, it does. Well, then maybe a pullback back to 500 or 475 is all they're going to do. The moving averages are trending up. The longer this goes on for, the higher the pullback price becomes. What about Camp IWM? Remember we talked about this on Friday. We talked about it inside the numbers, talked about it in the video. They were into a former breakout area, right? Here's where they broke out from. They came back to run a test. It's also the 20 period moving average. You had a breakup candle low. You had a full stack. What happens at a full stack, even if it's not for weeks on end to come, at least for a period of time, if not minimally from an intraday perspective, but generally speaking, you're going to get a multi-day run from that kind of a scenario. Again, this is just the way the market works using the 80-20 rule way more often than not. We've seen this over and over and over again. I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face. Even the RSP, which is the equal weight S&P, which by the way, looks like the IWM, it got its run off the 20 period moving average. We talked about that the other day too. If the market's going to go up, this is going to go up too. Just because we have the lower high scenario doesn't mean day to day it's not going to go up along with the market. It is. This is giving us something to look at over the longer term, like a guideline. Back to Camp IWM. So therefore, still above the moving averages, the trend is up and the daily chart is still bullish. IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. They were on par for the most part with the S&P 500 up about 1% today. So it's not leading in the northern direction, but on par is good. Then you look at the second favorite market leading indicator, the folks down over at the transportation department, and guess what? They're already breaking out of its 
bullish flaggish pattern. We talked about this one. The transports is also the favorite, my favorite canary in the coal mine. They're breaking out. That's not bearish. It can only be bullish. Face value, it's the duck. Move it along. Any change with the folks out in Silicon Valley? Not really. The trend is your friend, blah, blah, blah. At new highs, blah, blah, blah. It'll crack when it's ready. Until then, the trend is your friend until it's over. Didn't we talk about the XLF or the financials in general over the last several days? We had a breakup candle low. We had a former breakout area. We were below the 20 period moving average, but we had that other stuff. We were on time or close to on time. So we had stuff in the bull camp. Isn't this when most traders think things are going to continue in the southern direction? But ultimately, what they were really doing was just pulling back to test the former breakout area, breakup candle low, all that stuff. And here we are up almost two and a half percent today. That's leading the market. It's important when the financials are leading the market, whether it's in the north or the southern direction, you have to take note. It's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. Why is that? Because the market's not going to get very far without participation from the financials. Well, guess what? If they're not collapsing, we're not looking for a market collapse. And then you look over at Smash Mouth. Trend is still up. There's nothing wrong with Smash Mouth. It's a good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. The semis are. That's Smash Mouth. And so there's no problem here. So what do we do? You got it. We move it along. We're not going to invent something that's not there. That's the worst thing a trader, investor, analyst can do is invent things that just are not on the chart. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm David Frost, and we're going to pull the ripcord here today. But first, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.